BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. through discussions of health, wellness, business, and beauty. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer Etter and Susan Mobley, and we want to welcome you back to part two with Margie Falhoun. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Find Her Seat Podcast. We are the podcast that helps other women find their rightful seat at the table with discussions of health, wellness, business, and beauty. I am your co-host, Jennifer Etter. And I am your co-host, Susan Mobley, and as they say, the show must go on, so even though we are in quarantine, we are doing our little triple screen again today, and we are super excited that we are able to have Marky Feldhoon here today. So thank you so much for joining us, and where are you joining us from? Thank you both so much for having me. I am joining you from Providence, Rhode Island on the East Coast. How's nice. the weather the there? there? <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, the weather's actually nice. This is a nice time of year. So it's kind of like 50s, 60s, and mostly sunny. So that's been nice. That's like our winter temperatures. I know. (laughs) Actually, this week we're having amazing weather. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. And we're kind of getting the 60s, low 40s, and super sunny. So this is good. This is good weather. I want to do a really quick shout out. Uh, Today's my husband's birthday. I'm not going to say which one, but yes. So this this quarantine, we've actually celebrated two birthdays in the house. And also we're going to, we're about to, in a couple days, celebrate our wedding anniversary. And so it's been very different. But I have something up my sleeve for today. Um, I'm not going to say it live because I want it to be kind of a surprise. Not that he listens to our entire podcast during the day or anything, but um, I do have something fun. So once it, if it pans out and it works out really well, I'll uh, shout it out and let some other people know what we did that maybe they could try doing it too. It's not something, not a honk by uh, Susan, as, as you asked me, because I personally hate it when people will go by and honk the horn. <laughs> Maybe I'm, maybe I'm an old lady, you know, um, but yeah, so, but it is going to be something that I'm, I'm hoping I can pull off. And so I'll let you guys know about it. But anyway, we are so glad to have you on the show. So tell us and our audience a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So I am the co-owner of Interview Connections. We are the first and leading podcast guest booking agency, booking entrepreneurs as guests on podcasts. And we have a team of 18 full-time in-house employees. Of course, they're not in-house right now. They're in their own houses working virtually. Um, 
but so yes, so we have a team of employees and we have been in business since 2013. And then outside of the business, I'm also really passionate about animal rescue. I did notice the dog behind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of dog is that? And is that uh, is that the breed of dog that you have or? Good question. So this is actually a painting of a pit bull. This is not mm-hmm. my dog, although I do love pit bulls. Yes. This is, I do a yearly art event, a fundraiser for a local animal nonprofit where I have artists donate animal themed art and then we have you know like wine and mimosas and sell art and raise money for them so that's a yearly fundraiser that I do and I just have animal art all over my house and all over my office because of art for animals this event so my dog is much smaller than this dog I have a little tiny Maltese oh it's kind of a dog (laughs) so tell us a little bit you know what made you get into the podcast industry? Like what made that be something I know when we started this, you know, we didn't even really know what a podcast was. Right. (laughs) That's yes. So my business partner, Jessica actually founded the business and the industry in 2013 because she left her job. She was having her first child and her dad is an entrepreneur and a business coach, Jim Palmer. And he said, you know, you can work from home and be a virtual assistant and I'll be your first client. So she was like, perfect. So she was a virtual assistant for her dad. She got a couple other clients and Jim Palmer has had a podcast forever, like since way before it got really popular and really saw the value in guesting on other people's shows consistently to connect with other podcast hosts, to network and to get in front of their audience. So he had her booking him as a guest on podcast right away. And really was like, you should niche this down because at at the time that didn't exist. And when she was pitching hosts, they were so shocked to get a pitch. They were like, oh, this is great. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And I'm sure you guys know as hosts now that that's not the case. You're inundated with requests to be a guest. So at that time it was so new and he really saw the opportunity and so did Jess and she took action and really niched down and it grew from really being a a small VA firm focusing on podcast casting with contractors to being a seven-figure business with full-time employees so it's been it's been an incredible evolution and I actually started with the business as a contract booking agent in 2016 Jess and I had worked together doing door-to-door fundraising for an environmental nonprofit and then reconnected and I started out as a contractor I became the first employee of the business in 2017 and then by 2018 I was 50% co-owner wow that's amazing well that's we all know the value of getting into a business or a you know a uh, from the ground business early that that is really the best thing to do and I can't believe that you guys are some of the first you are actually you said you are the first the first yes and I will say that Mm -hmm. as a podcast co-host we do we do get a we are inundated with people but I will tell you the first time that it happened and we felt like we were big time like people want to be on our show (laughs) we were so excited because we were always begging other people and we got the flu of people starting to reach out to us we're like oh my gosh we've made it (laughs) (laughs) yes it's cool it's and it's nice to get a good pitch we have a podcast 
podcast as well about podcasting. And so we get a lot of pitches, which is really interesting. And it's nice to be on the other side of that because it's important to always be thinking of the hosts and are you serving hosts and how does it feel to the host, not just, you know, pitching, obviously. So we get pitches and a lot of them are really not good and they really... it's clear that it's copy and pasted. They don't even say the name of our show. And it's really clear. It's just, you know, two page email about their book. (laughs) Basically like, can I be a guest? And that never feels good um, to get. And we like to share those in our Slack general channel with our team and just like, Hey, this is what we got. This is why this wasn't an effective pitch. This is how it felt as a host to get a pitch like this. And that's really helpful to be on both sides of it. So again, we're looking at, Okay, I will say this is hard not being able to see Susan because normally I can see her and it's so hard to be able to, you know, ping pong back and forth at all because I can't tell if she's about to talk and she can't tell if I'm about to talk. So go ahead, Susan, say what you're going to say. I'm going to say that, you know, I think it's great that you're able to not just give the positive advice of things that, you know, you should do or things that are working well, but I think so often it's that advice of things that didn't work or, you know, that rubbed you the wrong way. That's the stuff that you really, you want to know. And sometimes people are scared to tell you that part. And really that can be the part that develops someone's skills so much better than all the, you know, this is great. This is great. This is great. So I love that you guys are giving that to um, those reaching out wanting to learn more about podcasting and how to pitch and that type of thing. Right. Yes, definitely. I was actually thinking more on the business side of things. Um, So you say you have people in-house. How many people do you have that reach out and pitch for you? So we have 12 booking agents who are representing the clients and pitching them. And then we have a manager. We also have leaders within the booking agents who lead pods, lead agents. Mm -hmm. Then we have a manager who's overseeing the service delivery. We have a billing and admin person who Mm -hmm. is amazing because her brain works the way that ours (laughs) does it. And she keeps things organized in a really great way. And then we have um, sales and marketing. Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm someone who pitches for you. How does that work out? Um, is it I get paid for however many bookings I get or how, how does that work for the person that would like to maybe get into this business? Good question. So our employees are full-time employees. So if they're in leadership, they are salaried employees. If they're not in leadership, they're hourly employees, but their pay does not depend. It's not per booking because they're not contractors. Um, A lot of people do that model. We have in the past when we had contractors done that model, but we find that more than just the bookings, which is obviously a really crucial deliverable, Mm -hmm. it's so important to us that we have a high touch service. So I don't want them clocking in, getting bookings because that's what they're getting paid for and leaving. I want them taking time to be calling their clients, to be connecting with them. How can I serve you? How can I add more value? Connecting with hosts? How can I add more value? Do you want to hop on a call and talk about what you need right now? And that is so important. And that is why we made honestly kind of a controversial decision in the beginning to switch over. Very smart people in masterminds with us told us we were crazy. And they were like, why are you paying all this payroll tax and dealing with this headache Mm -hmm. of having employees who are local to us, who are training in person? And we did it because it's incredible for the quality of service and experience that we can deliver. And that's always been really important to us. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's big. I think it's great. Also. Yeah. I think it's great that, you know, 
that you're reaching out to these people that might have had to be on a contract type income and now they're getting the salary income. And I think so often when you have it, someone saying you're crazy (laughs) and you still persevere and push through, you know, those are the moments that can be, you know, the moments that you break through and show other people in your industry that, you know, we weren't so crazy when you thought we were doing something insane over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With us that have a podcast and we reached out to your company, how exactly do you assist us in, in getting, get, how does that work? Great question. So we have a number of hosts who just over seven years of doing this, we just have great relationships with, and they will reach out to our team and say, Hey, for example, right now is a great example. We have a lot of hosts who we've been building relationships with for years and we've been booking guests on their shows and they're reaching out and saying, okay, here's what I want to do with COVID-19. I want an episode about the financial implications. Give me a finance expert who can talk about that. I want an expert on this. So we have hosts come to us who want something specific and let us know. And then we'll send over all of our clients who are a good fit. And they know that we vet our clients. We have an application process. All of our clients are highly successful, multi-six, a lot of seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. So they, they trust our guests and they come to us that way. We also have a side of our service that is Not the primary thing that we do, but we have some podcasts who we book the guests for. And it's beyond just send over your clients who are a fit. We actually go out and find them guests and really pitch the guests to be on the show and connect them. And that is really more a service for people who want, you know, four guests per month or more. And especially if it's kind of niche, it takes a lot of legwork and research. Those are the ones who outsource that to us. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so guys, if you're listening and you have a podcast and you're looking for guests and maybe you're kind of struggling finding the right fit because you're right, we do typically have a niche, right? I mean, that's kind of what we were taught when we took our our course. Um, But I think that people need to know that you're out here so that you can help connect them and other people to bring on their show. And if you are out there thinking, what am I going to do with my life right now? Because, you know, maybe your job when you return isn't going to look the same or, you know, things aren't going to look the same. Maybe you're looking to do something a little bit different. It's possible that instead of having a podcast, you could actually maybe even join a business like yours. And so is this something that your company is open to? And if someone were to basically be looking to join a company like this and do this kind of work, what would be the requirements for that person? So we are not currently hiring. We just hired four new people and we hire only Rhode Island employees because we are in Rhode Island. So while it is a virtual position right now, we do hire in state for tax reasons. And there's just a lot of talent. And especially, unfortunately, right now, there's a lot of incredible talent who are out of work. So we are really committed to providing jobs in Rhode Island. So our next round of hiring, we would be hiring Rhode Island. But if anyone is based in Rhode Island and has great communication and is a real hustler, go-getter, all-in, then yes, it would be um, a good opportunity. And we are always recruiting, even if we're not actively hiring. So we will you know, be hiring again very soon as we're growing. Perfect. All right. So everybody in Rhode Island, I hope you heard that. <laughs> hey guys, we're going to take a quick break so that you can hear a word from our sponsor. And we're back. 
Absolutely. Also, during this time, I know I've heard, you know, on the news and even on some other podcasts that this is really a booming time for podcasts because you have a lot of people that are home that maybe wouldn't normally be home and having the opportunity to listen to podcasts. So do you see that, you know, the podcast industry in a whole is going to kind of shift and change to more, I mean, I know it's become more popular, but it's still not necessarily mainstream. Do you see this shift during this time that it may be actually really advantageous for people thinking about doing a podcast? Yes, absolutely. There has never been a better time to start building a platform around virtual speaking, especially with episodes on demand, which you can get from podcasts. And we, most of our clients are entrepreneurs who do not have their own show. We book them as a guest on other shows. And there's also never been a better time to guest because those virtual speaking and networking opportunities need to replace the in-person speaking engagements that a lot of people had lined up for 2020. So so we have, we've found actually that a lot of our clients have come to us and said, double it. Like I was doing four per month. I want to do eight right now. I want to lean in while people are in quarantine, while people really need leaders because they're scared and they don't know what's going to happen. So being that person that people remember who stepped forward and was leading and was speaking and was everywhere, it, it really has a huge impact. So there's never been a better time to leverage podcasts really from either side. I love it. That's it's so exciting. Something that we love here. <laughs> I love that. The, vir- the virtual, uh, what you call it, the virtual interview or? Virtual speaking and networking. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's a great way to, I think that sometimes, not everyone always completely understands podcasting and what a podcast does or is, but I think that's a great way to kind of label it in a way that someone might understand. And I think that's a great point. You know, we can't look at us right now. We're in a three way split screen because we can't be around each other right now, but we're able to still continue doing our podcast, you know, twice a week because we don't have to be in person. And I think it's, you know, this is the time to, you know, we talked about this on a previous show that this is the time that if you've had that little urge and burning in your belly, that's like, I want to try something new, but I'm scared to take that leap. You know, this might be the time and it could be the time to be a guest on a show, yes. you know, just because you don't have the podcast doesn't mean that you don't have an expertise that the market needs. You know, like you said, financially, it could be a real estate legal, you know, cookie. Yes. I mean, there's right. a million different things out there that people are wanting to hear about. I'm sure nutrition and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, I think it's great that, you know, you don't have to just go out and have your own podcast, which yeah. I scares people sometimes, but we always say, if Jennifer and I can do it, anyone can do it. (laughs) But I think if you're scared to do that, maybe your first leap of faith is by reaching out to you guys and seeing about being a guest on our show. Yes. Yeah. And it's much easier. We find actually a lot of our clients end up starting their own podcast because they get so passionate about it and they guest and they love it so much that then they want their own platform. And it is a great way if you're daunted by starting your own podcast, guesting on other shows is a really great way to experience different shows and different formats. So you can get an idea of what you like, and then you Mm -hmm. could go into starting your own show if you want to knowing what it, what makes a good show, what makes a great format that resonates with you what makes a great guest when you're if you're ever looking for guests right no I think it would actually be perfect I I know a few friends that have just kind of shifted the way that they do their business and a lot of them they're doing them you know online zoom skype and all of that and I think that 
having an opportunity to go on other podcasts and kind of advertising what you're doing would really benefit people at this time when, let's say, some of their clientele isn't coming to them, so that's kind of dropped off. This gives them an opportunity to reach out and get clientele that maybe they would have never have had an opportunity to get had they not chosen to go on to other podcasts. So I really, I love the idea. Okay, so I really want to know more about you. So we know that you love dogs and cats and animals, and you love to fundraise for them, and you do some amazing things. And I absolutely love the art, and you're right that pit bulls are super, super awesome dogs. My brother had one. Um, but I want to learn a little bit more about you and the road that you took to get to where you are. What made you do what you're doing? Yes. So my story is definitely, um, it can be a little bit dark, but I like sharing it, especially now, because I think it's important when globally everyone is experiencing somewhat of a rock bottom. If not, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. And I think a lot of people are truly experiencing grief. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not they've actually lost someone, everything that they thought was going to happen is canceled, their business, their family, things are so uncertain. So Mm -hmm. I like to share this because I hope that it gives other people hope because Mm -hmm. when I was um, 26, I was living in Taiwan as an English teacher and I hadn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I majored in college. I majored in art and Latin, which my mom was like, oh, great. You doubled your chances of, of being unemployed with a double major. Good job. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. At that point, I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur and that's why nothing was like, I wasn't liking anything. Nothing was holding my attention. But so I was like, I love to travel. I decided to move to Asia. Teaching English is an easy way to get paid to live in Asia. You can save a little bit of money. So when I was 26, it was 2015. I had been teaching for two years and I got news from my mom that my dad had died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And I'm an only child. Family is very important to me. I'm very close with my parents. I didn't even leave Rhode Island like for college. Like I going to Taiwan was the first time I ever really left the nest and it was hard. I miss them so much, especially during Christmas and that really getting that news. I did not think he was suicidal. I, I mean, we were very close. It was shocking and my world fell apart really in an instant. Mm-hmm. And I went from worrying about my lesson plan for the next day to calling my boss and saying, I won't be coming into work anymore ever. My dad killed himself and I need to plan an international move. Mm -hmm. And it just fell apart in a second. The stuff that you felt like was uncancelable is canceled (laughs) and everything's different, which is what people are experiencing now. Right. And there was an added complication because my dad was a hoarder. So he was brilliant. He was hilarious. He was an incredibly successful lawyer And he was always, you know, in a suit, white teeth, looking great. But behind closed doors, there was really mental illness and what I believe was a lot of unprocessed trauma um, from a childhood of abuse and neglect, which you see a lot with hoarding. And so I was raised in a hoarded house, which I resented. I was so stressed out by the mess. Mm -hmm. And someone had to clean this house. My parents were still together when my dad died. And I was like, my mom, I was like, she cannot live like this. I need to clean this house. But it was a six bedroom house. It was gigantic. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a project that was so daunting. People told me, you can't do this. And, and they said, please don't do this. You've been through enough. Mm -hmm. But if you've lost someone, you realize that you don't really have a choice. There's stuff that has to get done and that doesn't pause because you're in grief. Mm -hmm. So I moved home from Taiwan. I spent five and a half months every single day from 5 a.m. to like 8.30 p.m. working straight through, no weekends, no days off, cleaning the house. And I was freaking out. I mean, I had no idea how to do this. Mm -hmm. I was Googling to find people who did hoarding support who could help with cleanups. And I, you know, there were some duds who were really terrible. I finally found someone who was great and she could handle the project and she helped me. And then she had all this personal stuff and she disappeared. And I was like, this is not happening. Right. <laughs> really everything that could go wrong did every day. There was a challenge that if I had been any less committed, I would have quit because it felt impossible and I was totally unqualified to deal with it. I did. I was not an expert, but I kept going. I kept Googling. I kept finding experts, hiring the right people and not giving up. I had a gigantic dumpster <laughs> for five and a half months and we did it. The house was clean at the end and it was so incredible to accomplish something that people said couldn't be done that I felt couldn't be done something that was such a gift to my mom and that really was the foundation of my entrepreneurial career because I didn't know it at the time but that was a startup I mean that was an uphill battle of finding the right people of becoming an expert in stuff I knew nothing about when I had to of pivoting and really just being relentless and that was the foundation that really allowed me to come into interview connections as a first employee and even as a contractor with an attitude that other people just didn't have I was in it to win it and I was hungry to scale and I was relentless and I wouldn't give up and I worked longer than everybody else I was always looking at what I could do extra what I could do to make my clients even happier I started calling all my clients every Friday and just saying how are you how are you liking your bookings and no one made me do that but all that stuff like that of going above and beyond was how I went from a first employee to a 50% co-owner in the business. Wow. And that really does, it does do that. You know, having to go through something, pushing yourself, even when you're, you don't want to do it, you're at, you're at odds because people told you not to do it. You, you ran into bumps in the road by finding duds that didn't help you and to actually just continue to do it. But one thing that I was thinking is possibly psychologically too, going through and getting rid of all of the things, possibly even helped you process everything, the loss yes. and everything that your dad was going through that maybe was hidden underneath all of the, the hoarding and the, and the rubble. I bet that that was also, I mean, you had twofold. You were having to stress yourself, right, to, to get it done. And that helped you become the amazing person that you are now in, in business. But also too, I, I can see that that's really helped you process the loss and everything that uh, you were going through. So all together, and I know that this may sound strange and weird, but this is the way that I see things, that that may have been the biggest gift that you could have ever been given by your dad. As, as strange and backwards as that may sound to peop other people, but this is how I live my life and this is how I do it. But that really, um, that darkness, having to go into that really dark place made you so strong that you've been able to achieve what you've been able to achieve in such a short period of time. And so it's amazing. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I believe that everything happens for a reason and it's an honor. Like now I am my dad's legacy and mm-hmm. that pushes me harder too to be successful, to break through barriers, to build stuff because I love him and I'm proud mm-hmm. of him. We aren't ashamed of, you know, that it was a suicide and it's an honor to have been able to take care of my mom and to clean up that house and to physically process your right, his possessions, to tie up all the loose ends from his life. It was an honor to be able to do that for him and to be able to live now as his legacy. And I totally agree that stuff comes out of situations that seem totally negative are never a hundred percent negative and some of the most incredible breakthroughs of your life come out of them and i hope people remember that now with everything going on because i need to be really honest and i'm not just being self-deprecating i was not that great before this happened i mean i was a good person but i was a brat i was entitled like i was i knew my daddy would bail me out if i got in trouble like i really was not the person that I am. And it took losing him and doing that project and all of that to grow up Mm -hmm. and to really become the person that I am now and the person that I want to be. So you, the version of yourself who can do anything, who can handle anything really comes into being when something happens and it's Mm -hmm. an incredible transformation. Well, and I think also your story is not just inspiring because, you know, you're showing that there is light through the dark, but I think also during this time, you know, this isn't necessarily during a suicide of a parent, but at the same time, it's like you said, there's those moments that you think can't be canceled that are suddenly canceled and your income that you thought was, you know, unstoppable is suddenly stopped and family that you you know, really get through the week by connecting with them, you can no longer connect with them. So I think you're showing that even through this, you know, strange and surreal time that we're going through, that there is light through the darkness Mm -hmm. and that it's all how your mindset is and that you see it as a gift. And I think, you know, like we've spoken about, maybe it's that person that is entrepreneurial, but a little scared and they come through this and, you know, come up with a business that everyone needed and we didn't even know we needed it. Or maybe it's reconnecting with your family under your, you know, four walls that you just kind of weren't connecting with because now you have to see them all the time. So I think that your story is, you know, it's your story, but it relates to a time that we're going through now from the standpoint that, you know, you persevered and you took this time and really made something amazing and it changed you as a human being. And I think that's what this time is kind of doing for all of us. We're realizing what's important and what's not really important. And those moments we thought couldn't be canceled, we're surviving even though they're canceled. Right. Yes. You know, it's okay. We're getting through it. So that is just, you know, so you should be so proud of yourself. I'm sure you are. But that is just, you know, it gave me goosebumps when you're telling us about it because it truly is a legacy for your dad. And I love the way that you have such sweet words for him and your mom and, you know, that you would, you accomplish something that you probably wish you could have done as a child to clean that home. Yes. Finally <laughs> get to see it, you know, as a more adult person is still an accomplishment and probably mm-hmm. felt like that little girl was finally getting to clean that home. Yes. Yeah. That's so intuitive of you to say that. Cause that is like so dead on and to like take control of something that as a kid and forever, mm-hmm. you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't have done anything cause I was too young to really take mm-hmm. control of that project to finally be able to do that. It was very transformational. Fantastic. 
Yeah, I hope everybody out there is really listening to it. This has been a really amazing interview and uh, definitely at the perfect time because I do believe that people are going through a sense of mourning. Um, whether or not they've lost someone, they have lost something. The story that they thought was going to be going on forever has ended and it didn't end the way they thought it was going to be. So essentially everyone is going through mourning and going through all of the phases of it. So I do want everybody to go ahead and take that into consideration when you're when you're kind of struggling with your emotions and not understanding what's going on or even your children's emotions because I have seen um, one child more than the other kind of going through the phases of mourning and my husband didn't really understand what was happening and I had to explain that that there is a story that the brain you know comes up with and, and it's not ending the way that we all thought it would end and so if everybody could give themselves some grace and you know take a page out of this book of just keep going forward. Just keep moving one foot in front of the other that even though things look really messy and crazy and, and possibly dark at this time, if it is dark for you, that at the end of it, you're going to be an evolved and a different person as long as you don't give up and hide in a corner underneath piles of, you know, bottles of beer and wine that, you know, which I don't, I don't ever look down on anybody that drinks beer and wine. But not to get lost in it and not to just, you know, wallow in it, but to keep moving forward even when you don't want to. And so that leads me to your why. So we've learned your story, but there's always a deeper story that really keeps pushing you forward in what you're doing now. And so what is your why? What keeps you going now that you're moved forward through it? My why and I, the reason that I am so passionate about podcast interviews and all types of speaking virtually and otherwise is the impact that it has on other people to feel the connection of hearing someone say something that they can relate to. And they're just like, Oh my gosh. Yes. So my why is from a mother Teresa quote that really is like my entire life mission. Um, and she said, find someone who believes they're alone and convince them that they're not. So that is my why. Oh God. I love that. <laughs> okay, we may have to end it now because before I start actually like crying on air. <laughs> oh, this is an amazing interview for sure. Absolutely loved it. Thank you both. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show. Yes. And I can't tell Susan's on with us or not because I'm not able to see her. So I'll go ahead and finish the show as she normally does. Anyway, we hope that everyone has enjoyed this interview as much as we have and that you gained so much out of it and that you find your way out of the darkness at the end of all of this and see what an amazing bright light and stronger person that you are going to be at the end of this whole COVID craziness. And we hope that if you are listening, that you go ahead and hit subscribe so that you never miss any of our podcasts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends because you never know who's going to need to hear any of the stories that we have here on the podcast, especially today's. And we hope that everyone has found a seat at our table. Thank you all for joining us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.